0: freedom 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 over fame freedom over f- f- cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives I am your host Bruce Anthony thank you for listening and watching wherever you get your podcasts and video podcasts subscribe share like comment and rate us can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at unsolicited underscore perspectives on Twitter and TikTok at unsolicited underscore PER. Watch us live every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. Our audience continues to grow with each and every episode. And I humbly thank you. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing Miss Marilyn, not Monroe, as she is known on social media. We're going to be talking about her life, her hobbies, sex work, and porn. But first things first. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here, and welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Perspectives. Today... I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately. The importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves. Whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness or gearing up for festival seasons or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year, there's one brand that's been my go-to for all things hydration, Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well-being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, <laughs> let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of Liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. Plus, Liquid IV is packed with 5 essential vitamins. B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, Vitamin C. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest, but it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations, finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember, folks, taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors, and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated. And keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives. 20 years ago, I had an idea. I had an idea to start an internet radio show, and how that came about was, as, as some of you guys know, I used to own a piece of a professional wrestling company here in the D.C. area, and my partners, one of my partners had an internet radio show and asked me to come on and talk about Promote the the upcoming show that we were going to be doing. And I had a great time. And they even got me to express a little bit about my private life. And I had the idea of doing an Internet radio show with my brother and my sister, Uh, because, uh, as you know, as you've met, my sister there's a lot of personality. And my brother has probably even more personality than both of us. So 20 years I've been thinking about doing a show. And through the past 20 years, it's evolved as technology has evolved. And what became an internet radio show uh, later on became an idea of a podcast. And I've been pushing around the idea of a podcast since the pandemic started. So over the last three years. And then finally, uh, last year, I did start a podcast. And the idea of the podcast, going all the way back to the internet radio show, uh, was about creating a platform where I could share my perspectives because as y'all know, I'm very opinionated uh, and they're unsolicited. Well, actually, I guess they're solicited. No, it's unsolicited. Um, even though you're tuning to the show, it's unsolicited. Uh, my perspectives, you know, um, and then I went into gauge and, impa- and passionate conversations about a variety of things in life. You know, I was hanging out with my friend last night and uh, hanging out with two of my friends last night. And they were like, Bruce, you always get into these philosophical conversations. And in my older age, these are things that I've done. And I I, I find real joy in, in engaging in conversations where I can consistently learn and, and find out about new stuff. Uh, and that's where it. The idea of the podcast came of interviewing people and and kind of connecting with different people from all all different walks of life from all over the world. Uh, But like I said, it wasn't until last year that I finally decided to pull the trigger on the show. And it all came about because of this woman, Marilyn Not Monroe, that I was following on social media. She had such a fascinating life and she had so much energy. Um, and, and I'm drawn to people that have energy because they have fun in life and I want to have fun in life. And I was wh- following her on her Instagram and, uh, seeing her personality and we became semi DM buddies. And I said, Hey, you know, you, the more I talked to her, the more I found out fascinating parts about her life. And I was like, Hey, you know, if I had a podcast, would you come on for energy? She was like, yeah, of course I would. That was all I needed. I went out and got the equipment that day, and 75 episodes later, along with multiple episodes on our Patreon page with "Talk Straight-ish and After Hours Uncensored, so I would say it's probably well over uh, 130 total episodes uh, between Unsolicited Perspective Podcasts and our episodes on Patreon. We finally got her in for the interview. Uh, It's been a year in the making not to put pressure on the actual interview. I think the interview is, is really good because she's just a, a really uh, entertaining person. You can find her on Instagram and not Monroe uh, 2.0. If you have any trouble finding her, just go on our unsolicited perspective page and we follow her and she follows us so you can follow her and on there is her link tree where you can find all of her information uh, you'll also be able to find our information on our website in our bio and in the description section of both the audio and video podcast to just follow I encourage you to follow her she um, as you'll tell from this interview she has uh, a very gregorious personality uh, she's sweet she's kind Uh, she's lived a very interesting life. And like I said, this, she is the person to really get me going as far as that final push that I needed to start the podcast. And you never know, this is a lesson in life. You never know how your actions affect people by her simply saying, yes, that's how this finally got started, right? Who knows if I would have started it by this point, if she hadn't said yes, So when you're nice to people, when you compliment people on their outfit or you say that's a really insightful thing that you said, you never know what that will do for their life. Something as simple as, hey, you look great today. You don't know that that person might have been working out hard and they might have been getting ready to quit because getting fit is a constant struggle. And maybe they didn't think that they were changing their body, but by you saying something that pushes them further forward to keep on working hard, it could be anything in life. And this is a prime example of what Marilyn did for me uh, to, to finally get this, this podcast going. So I will say uh, for all those people that are listening, and, and when I said we're doing 75 episodes and I have to thank Marilyn for it, not only are we have people listening and watching us from all across the country, all over North America. We haven't got South America yet, but in Europe and Asia and Africa and Australia, we have listeners. So I want to thank all of you listeners out there, all of you people that's watching. I want to thank all the people that's helped me in the podcast. Uh, some benefactors that have, that have helped uh, to get the equipment that we needed to continue on producing good content. I want to say thank you to my sister uh, for for doing the Sibling Happy Hour and helping create uh, a different version of the show that I didn't even imagine was possible. And also thank you to Marilyn uh, for, you know, putting that battery in my back. But like I said to all my listeners and watchers out there, we will be talking about mature subjects. There'll be a lot more cussing on this episode than there ever is on on any of my other episodes. So if you listen or you're watching around children might not be uh, the most appropriate show for them. So I just want to give that disclaimer uh, before you guys listen and watch. But without further ado, here's my interview with Miss Marilyn, not Monroe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited today. I told the story on the 50th episode of why i decided to finally finally start this podcast (laughs) and i said it was because of this person that is here right in front of me she gave me the battery behind my back and she didn't even realize that she was doing it because i felt like she had such a fascinating story i said hey if i did a podcast would you come on she said yes finally finally i have her this is marilyn not monroe she is a person that is all on social media. She's in the adult entertainment industry. She does a lot of things in her personal life and with her hobbies, with dogs and animals. And we're going to learn all about that. But first and foremost, Marilyn, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for you coming are- on the show. <laughs> I'm really excited about this.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Sorry it took me so long. I, uh, I am just everywhere. <laughs>
0: that's okay alip hey, it's better late than never right yes and so I'm I'm excited to to get going so I'm gonna jump right into it can you tell me a little bit about your background uh, you know where where were you born you know what's your family like and all that good stuff
1: um, I am French uh, <laughs> and I moved to the states when I was a kid um, I have just like my immediate family here my mom and my grandma pretty much Um And, uh, like, yeah, that's really, I'm a maternal family. I have brothers. Um, I'm very close knit to my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do like, I'm with them a lot. (laughs) Okay. That's pretty much it. Um, but so we moved here and when I was eight, seven, eight, it honestly depends on who you ask. I don't really know. My mom, my grandma, they have different stories. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and yeah, I grew up here, so I'm like. I'm French. I feel like I'd be a lot hotter if I was like this French i like, this like French woman that had the accent, but I don't unfortunately, I don't have the French accent, and uh I just I grew up here, so I'm Americanized but I was like raised mm-hmm. a lot different than most people because my family's european
0: <laughs> so obviously French are from France um so your family must speak French obviously because they're from there. And they have the accents. Do you, you said you're Americanized, but how much of your mother and you said your grandmother, how much have they become Americanized since moving here? Because you've been here. You probably don't even remember France.
1: I remember France. I mean, I went back every summer. So, like, okay. I was like a teenager. And then, you know, I had to stay in the United States and be cool with my American friends. Um, mm-hmm. Because at 14, 15, you don't think about the luxuries of being able to go over to Europe like every summer, yeah. like, or how lucky I was. But yeah. So I remember a lot of France and I do have like a lot, I mean, I speak it 24 um, seven. Uh, it's literally like how I speak English. I actually, people that know me, know me, I get tongue tied and I'll be like, did I just say that in French or English? Like I have no <laughs> fucking idea. <laughs> Cause I'm back and forth between the two, but yeah, so I am, but I'm very Americanized and they are, but they're not like, um my mom still can't say like one, two, three. She's like one, two, tree. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandma, like, I can't even I, I don't like to speak to her in English because it gets on my nerves. I'm like, you're taking two, like, it's too long, Jesus. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, they're not as Americanized at all, pretty much. Uh,
0: I try not to be salacious, but um, I don't want to get too deep into your family because you don't want to give too much of okay. your background and your private information. Uh, so we're not going to dig too deep into that. We just want to give a little context of your background. And I didn't even know that you were French. Uh, so that's something that I learned. I'm probably going to learn a lot more, uh, <laughs> even though I try to do some research, but I'm probably going to learn a lot more. So let's let's talk about uh, growing up going back and forth between europe and the summers being here what was it like growing up and being in high school and going to europe during the summers experiencing that life and then coming back to the states not really appreciating going to europe but just seeing the different cultures what did you learn and pick up was did you see that america was a little bit more conservative and France was a little bit more progressive, or did you not recognize that at all, or was that not the case? I know I just threw a lot at you, so um, tree, I mean, honestly,
1: answer. I had so much like social anxiety as a like kid here. Even though like I guess I hung out with like the cool kids, like in France, it was like I was so cool because I I lived in America. I was like a little celebrity. Like there's Marilyn, and she you know she lives in America during the year, and she comes here every summer. So mm-hmm. it was, like, awesome. And then here, I was, like, this shy girl fucking eating her nails all the time. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that was the case? Do you think it was because you were treated differently every time you went back each summer?
1: Um, I mean, well, I, I was a kid there. And I think here, the United States, it's, like, it's supposed to be, it's so cool. Back then, it was so cool to be from here, to live here. But, like, I mean, it's very, people are very judgmental. And it's, like, if you're different they don't like that. And as kids, like they look at you weird, like, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, I have an accent. Like I don't speak like y'all, even though Mm -hmm. like, you know I mean? We're all kids or whatever. I can still talk English, but I'm saying stuff differently or I'm slower on my words or I'm saying like, I mean, like I said, my mom, like one, two, three. And it's like everybody Mm -hmm. laughs at you. (laughs) Right. So it's growing up like that, I guess. So it's like people just, they don't understand what they don't know. And I was like, I was nervous, I guess. Or not even nervous, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to not be mm. like every other white kid at my school.
0: <laughs> hmm. Did did that change as you got older? As you get out of elementary and you get into middle school and high school, did that change at all? Or were you always... Because I'm looking at you now. You're this outgoing personality. And for everybody, if you follow her on TikTok, uh, on Instagram, you see this personality that's just comes through the screen so i'm trying to figure out at what point that personality came out and you weren't shy anymore
1: um i mean i guess i'm high i don't know like i feel like i was shy but i wasn't in high school my mom says i was a mean girl i don't think that i really was
0: <laughs> <Hold> on, <laughs> i think i was like normal <laughs> you know i was i just
1: I tried to be this American. I tried to be something that I wasn't. That's just the reality of it. So like sometimes Mm -hmm. I think I wasn't, I would have been more, I probably was outspoken. Like you wouldn't have been able to tell that like inside I was like having a panic attack all the time. Mm. Um, And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. We're all in our heads. We just don't want to be honest about it. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, even all the time, anything I do, trust me as outgoing as I might look like, I'm
0: always in my damn head. <laughs> well, I think, I th- yeah, I think that's everybody. I, I remember interviewing uh, Rick Clemens. Matter of fact, it's a good thing that I remembered. I'm he's. I'm going to be on his podcast this week. Uh, Rick Clemens is a is a coach is a life coach. And he talked about uh, he came out later in life. And he talked about becoming your authentic self where you're not in your head. And, And I was like, Yeah, that's I'm not even that yet. I try to be but that's a constant evolution and growth process. So yeah, you might not be shy anymore as a kid, but to still have those things when you're in your head. That's an evolution. I mean, but but at the same time, you're not a shy little kid anymore.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, I, I became bolder. I mean, I think at a certain age, you stop giving a fuck. Because that's just the reality of it about a lot of stuff. And you're just like, whatever.
0: <laughs> okay, so after high school, what did you do?
1: I uh, became a stripper.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Do do we call it a stripper? Do we call it an exotic dancer? What do we call well,
1: it? Oh, hold on. First, I had a regular job. Like, let's be like, let's. Start. <laughs> I did. I did do regular work. But then, I met strippers, and they're like, "You're cute. You should try it." I was like, "Nah, I'll never do that shit ever. Like, no." And then, you know, I like moved out on my own, and I was like, "Shit, I need some money. <laughs> like, more money." Uh
0: huh. So, how <laughs> and- old were you?
1: I was 18 the first time that I danced.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what was the job that you were doing before that where they saw you and was like, because I'm thinking of the movie, The Players Club, where she was like in a shoe store and the girls <laughs> was like. I
1: mean, it's, honestly, it's pretty fucking much like that. So.
0: Okay. So they just discovered you and was like, you should get this, get this money. I was Had, actually
1: still, I was actually still in high school, like not even like, yeah. So still in high school, I was 17, um. And uh, it was like probably April, like before, I, like yeah, before I turned eighteen, and um, mm-hmm. they uh, what was it, breakfast restaurant, middle of the night, I was working the late night shift, the grave night shit on the Friday night, so like four a.m., five a.m. And they came. Wow.
0: <laughs> and they came in and said, you be perfect."
1: Yes. And I was still like a little girl. And I was like, this can't be real. Like I remember rushing back to the cook and being like, yo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so what goes through your head? Because at first you said, there's no way that I'm not going to do this. And then you say, well, I'm trying to get some money. So what was that switch that was on in your head to be like, to go from, no, I'm not going to do this to yeah. Okay. Let me give this a shot.
1: Oh, I started I started partying when I turned 18 and I like started going to clubs and all that kind of stuff. I was like, hold on. I go out and I drink and I fucking dance on top of ours <laughs> like, and do what I did. A wet t-shirt contest. I was like, I just did this shit and won like a couple hundred dollars. I'm like, <laughs> why not?
0: <laughs> okay. So, all right. So were you adventurous before you turned 18 or was it, I'm partying now. this is fun
1: um i I worked a lot, so like mm-hmm. I had two jobs and I was in school uh you
0: so, had t- hold on <laughs> you had you had two jobs in high school, yes, and then yeah,
1: yeah um I, worked, <laughs> I had a little mexican like a keto a like, keto bus um a few shifts a week, and I also waitress at like this breakfast restaurant uh every weekend, and yeah, so.
0: Why work so much at such a young age?
1: Because I had shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> can we get um,
0: can we get into what you had yeah, going on? My mom was you... a
1: single mom and she worked mm-hmm. a lot, and she had like with her like it's just you know there was things that like so I helped where I could, and then also mm-hmm. to have money myself like my mom couldn't like really afford to pay for all the extra stuff, so I worked yeah. like have that extra stuff. I mean, and I feel like that's kind of normal a lot of people don't see
0: that but it, it's an um, are you are, do you have siblings are you the oldest
1: I am the oldest
0: that okay that that, that I'm, that's all making sense you, you yeah. took on so hmm, I'm not gonna try and put words in your mouth do you think that you took on a parent role I know in my family uh, and my dad has actually reached out to me recently and apologized for this, but I was like, you know, you did what you had to do. There was no, no reason to apologize. I essentially became the third parent because I'm the oldest and I was the babysitter, you know, cause my you parents had to work. Yeah, you do everything. Um, I didn't have to go and work. Um, uh, but if I, if they needed me to do that, that's something that I would have done. So hearing that explains a lot about your hustle now. We'll get into your hustle (laughs) later, but that explains a lot. Like you've been a go-getter since you were, since you were allowed to legally work.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I always worked and I like to make money and everything like that. It shows that then when I, you know, found out that you could party and make money at the same time, it was like, and that's, I I became 18. I went out on my own and I fucking, like, you know, like I was like freedom. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because. I like, I mean, my, I helped my mom as much as I could. My mom was like, I mean, she busted her ass. Like Mm -hmm. she busted her ass. And granted, most of the time, like, you know, it wasn't like that. But the last year my mom became a single mom. And so it was like, it was, it was us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So you enter in the world of exotic dancing. What is that like as an 18 year old? Going into that world because I'm I'm sure there's a difference between going and partying and doing wet T-shirt contests, yeah, and going into the strip club. Um, so, what was that experience like for you?
1: I, it's something that you know I drink, and I didn't even mm-hmm. realize that, like you know, I was using that to like. At first, it was all fun, and then it's like this becomes your life. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's not a handbook for how to be a good stripper or like, or what to expect because you never know. It's like, I mean, trust me, it was fun. Like I remember one time I found like $800 just randomly under my bed and I had no fucking clue that it was there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I was making the bed. I'm like, this is fucking dope. And it's just like, it, and stuff like that happened a lot because like, you're not paying attention and you're just making such fast cash mm-hmm. and being so young. And it's like a lot of the time it's fun. A lot of the time it's partying, but there's also moments where it's like, shit you know i could have fucked myself up here (laughs) how so just being drunk and like um doing like bachelor parties like just going Mm. and putting yourself in situations like you know with other strippers older ones because like i was the baby like literally i was young like the girls i were hanging out with were 22 23. Mm -hmm. and so like i kind of followed their league and i was Pretty much now looking at it, I was kind of like a little pawn. Like, but you don't see that as a lot of times, like, oh I'm gonna bring my homegirl like to come dance, and it's like you're a young little girl, but just like even in the like club or whatever, it's like you you see it in the movies. <laughs> the younger right. girl that they have to introduce to everybody that like talks to everybody, the cute sweet one. So it's just it taught me to like pay attention and it taught me a lot about people.
0: When you say pawn, do you mean like They like. What do you mean? Like they trying to take advantage of you? Like
1: like the one that it's like you go with the group of guys and it's like they're trying to like they're the strippers. Everybody knows them, but now you have a new like little friend to introduce. Like the dope boys in the club, like the one that you're gonna introduce. And it's like I just want to have fun. So I'm like, yeah, (laughs) throw money on me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, ain't nothing wrong getting money thrown on me. I wish I could. I wish I could get some money thrown (laughs) on me.
1: (laughs) But it's just like being like the fun one, and like you don't even like you're just. It's just funny to look at it now because it's, like, you're just, you're having fun. But, like, in reality, at that age, I should have been doing that and I sure as hell should have been hanging out with, like, you know, older women or anything like that. Or older girls that had been in the game for a lot longer because they don't tell you about, like you know to be careful with somebody or like men try you they take like they try to take advantage like men are fucking assholes in that kind of line of work
0: hold on <laughs> uh, to speak for the to speak for the But a gender. lot
1: of them are a lot of fun that's the thing it's
0: like
1: okay. 90% it's fun and it's a lot of fun but it's easy to get like lost into it that's pretty much what I'm trying to get you get lost into it and when you get lost into it you can easily get taken advantage of
0: okay and I that's what you're be
1: careful and it's not even like I'm talking about anything bad I'm just saying in general like men will just Try you because they see you as like being a dumb idiot. So Mm -hmm. like trying to get you to go home with them and stuff like that. Even though it's just partying.
0: Right. Um okay. How okay. So you're in the club. You're dancing 18. How long were you in the club? Like at till from 18 till when?
1: Um, so I stopped dancing uh
0: 27. Okay. So you did it nine years. Yes. In off that and on. time, <laughs> off and on. Okay. So what would you do? My my question was going to be you say you were making this fast cash. Were you saving it? Because no, I was a no. bartender at a young age and I no, blew through
1: God,
0: no. hundreds of thousands of dollars just because you're living the fast life. Yes. So was it a situation where you said off and on where you would say, okay, I made my money. I'm about to get out. And then you would try to live the same lifestyle that you were living when you were making all that money and then be like, no, nah, I got to go back because I'm not making enough money.
1: No, um, more like, I mean, like I said, I, my first like few years of stripping, I party a lot. Um, I party a lot. Like, and it was just like, it was a whole new world. So you're partying, you're having fun. And that's the thing too. I'm like the cute girl. All the dope boys, like, I'm dating different older dope boys, whatever. Like, my world is whatever, whatever, whatever. But I realized, like, I'm not living how I should be, like, living. Um, I'm drinking all the time, whatever, all that kind of stuff. So I stopped. I actually went back to my first job, started waitressing again. mm mm-hmm. um, and then I think one day I got fucked up with my friend, like, and we were, like, drinking and everything. And I was like, I'm not going back to work. Like, why? Because <laughs> she was still stripping. It was my roommate. She was still stripping. And it's like, I'm watching her come back in with all this money. And I'm like, why the fuck am I going slaving away?
0: <laughs> right.
1: And you're going to the club and, like, coming back with all this fucking money and I'm not. <laughs> so...
0: So you go back when you go back and forth because you said you did it a couple of times, right? Well, yeah, like it's either.
1: all the it's always the same. It's like I'll get and I'm like I'm done with this, blah blah blah, and then you know I start working my ass off again, and I'm like, just like nah, I want to go back and do that. And plus, it was just a lot of like I said, drinking, having fun, like, and I was like, screw that, I want to go have fun again.
0: Right. Okay. So how do you transition from being in the club and dancing to going to some of the harder core uh adult activities on, on camera i'm trying not to say the p word because i don't want to get edited off of uh youtube because this oh, uh, the p I'm word honest. is corn <laughs> I, yeah you know what this is an explicit episode i already told him in the beginning segment you can't <laughs> listen to this with kids around my audience knows I give disclaimers on the really explicit episodes. So I already gave the disclaimer. So you can cuss. Maybe don't say MF. Uh, but oh, okay. you can cuss and say. That's like my say,
1: favorite uh, word, too. Like I, I, It's like, my
0: favorite word, too.
1: I mean, it's literally the best. It's like, screw the effer. You got to say the.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite cuss word is the B word. But I was talking to my sister and I was like, I don't think I can say the B word anymore. She was like, Why? well. And, I, I think it's derogatory towards women.
1: I don't know. Even if I'm not saying it to idiot. a woman. I feel like yeah. it's... Yeah. Because I call other women the B-word all the time. I'm like, hey, bitch, what's up?
0: You can. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> you can. I cannot. All right, we're getting off topic. All right. all right. So how did you transition from the strip club to going in front of the camera?
1: Um, I messed around with it a little bit Um, in my like early 20s. Mm-hmm. So I... Uh, I did a little bit of porn then while I was dancing, but dancing was funner because, again, I was a dancer, fast money, like, no, you don't have to be up early in the morning, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, <laughs> like, it made more sense to be a stripper than to do porn. And
0: So to shoot scenes, you have to get up early in the morning?
1: Oh, for, like, professional shoots? Fuck Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I've been on a, on a set and I was flabbergasted on what it actually was. I was like, oh, this is like legitimately like shooting a movie. Y'all got to take breaks and all that stuff. I thought it was just a one it camera and you just go. And it's, no, that's <laughs> not what it is. But now you're telling me you got to get up early too? Well,
1: yeah, goes, you got to do makeup, get to location, all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so it's a lot of work and I was a dancer. So I had like, it's just like, it was hard for me to get, to get booked as well too. Um, because mm-hmm. dancing, my schedule, all that kind of stuff, right. I Did a few scenes, um, and I never pursued it further than that. Just because like, after I tried it out, I just, like I said, stripping was better and it was just like harder for me to get scenes. I was also like, I'm really pretty now. Back then I was overlooked and I was like, I'm thick for, like, I was fat. Like I was a fat white girl.
0: <laughs> okay. I, so, okay when you describe I, yourself as fat
1: I wasn't what fat do you nerd, mean? But, Oh, like okay, listen black men love me white men just I was like the fat one like even the stripper like I I thrived in black strip clubs but I did not do good in white strip clubs
0: like huh okay <laughs> okay um Okay, so you do a couple of scenes. You said you do a couple of scenes, but it wasn't really fitting your vibe. How was the money? Was if the, if you if the, was it wasn't getting up early and all the other stuff, oh, was the money comparable? That,
1: I mean, a first sure thousand dollars to like to get fucked, like yeah, or like legally, like that seems so much better, like you know. But it's like it just wasn't fitting my vibe. It, but I mean, it made sense. I mean, it's literally like you go for a day's work, you get up at seven, you're home by five. You make a thousand eleven hundred dollars and yeah, you don't think after that just keep the pushing. Like,
0: that's it. That's your day. <laughs> so, like, how did you how did you get in?
1: Um, I had a friend who did porn. She passed away. I met her agent. Um, no. when I like so I met her agent and uh I did my first shoot through him. Um and then uh, when I was dancing, I met a guy in the strip club who is or was a big porn star back in the day, and he was contracted with Bang Bros. So.
0: I know Bang Bros. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: he, he got me into, like, my first, like, my two shoots where, like, I, I was, like, starring myself.
0: Okay, that's cool. Uh, we're not going to get into specifics, ladies and gentlemen, why I know Bang Bros. Let's just say that there was a time where they, I don't know, they might still do it uh where they used to ride around in the van and it was like the first reality i put that in quotations for everybody in the audio platform the first reality porn where it was like they're picking up girls and i remember i had to be like i don't know this is 20 years ago And I remember showing it to my boy and I was like, I think this is real. And they are like, no, this is not real. (laughs) No, it could be real. So you were doing bang bros and you said you were introduced by a guy that found you at the club. So there was no connection to your friend. And once again, uh, no, I want to apologize for the loss of your friend. I know that's a tough, that's a tough thing. And you were young and we don't have to get into detail about that if you don't want to talk about that. Uh, But I just want to. Give you my condolences because I know that pain.
1: Thank you. Stays
0: with you. Stays oh, with you. All
1: the way. I, I still have you know. her dog. Well, my grandma has her dog. So like, you know.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, So this person is not through the agent. This <laughs> is somebody that just saw you in a club and was like, yo, I'm about to put you on.
1: Yep, pretty much.
0: And so you do a couple of scenes with Bang Bros. And the money was good. It's just the hours don't really work for you
1: the hours don't work. And also, I mean, at the time, it's really not consistent. If you don't have an agent or somebody pushing for you. And I mean, I had like, again, I did have an agent per se, but I, I was like, he really hooked me up because of my, my best friend, um, Mm -hmm. who she was like a skinnier white girl. And then I was more thick. So there's only so many like, you know, shoots that I can get myself, like people, like I, especially like these kinds of, like, who his connections were with. Like, it's more of, like, Mm -hmm. you're talking about in the early 2000s. So, you know, it's, like, Mm -hmm. or, I guess, late, like, like the 10s or whatever it is. But, I mean, they still, it's before, it's, like, right around the time the Kardashians came out. So, like, thicker white girls were not it yet. And Mm. we were still in the whole, like, you know, skinny white girls, no asses.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, they was in, if you go on all the way back to, uh, thong song and...
1: Yes, well, I, maybe it's more like hip demographic, You know, like, yeah. like, I said, I thrive better in an urban strip club and a more predominantly black strip club than I did in a white strip club. That was just... Mm-hmm. So with the, like, porn agencies and stuff like that, like, that's what I fit Same. more towards. So he got me in with Bang Bros, but I mean, the shoots that I did, they fit towards that demographic. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so you did a couple of scenes and, and, and you stopped... And we're going to get into in the second part that you got back into the scene, but you're doing (laughs) things a little bit differently. But before we get into that stuff, I want to get into a little bit about what was going on in your life during that pause. All right, Marilyn, I want to take a pause on the porn. uh, You said the word, you said the P word. I know I did. You know what? It's okay. He it's all right. It all. <laughs> Look, I. You know what? I do have enough time to do post production, but I probably won't do it. I probably just leave it in, and if YouTube kicks it off, then I'll go and re-edit it. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> uh, people on there say way worse stuff, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I don't want to talk about solely your porn. I want to talk about your life because when I discovered you, you, I had no idea about your past of doing adult scenes and you currently are doing adult scenes but you were bartending taking care of a lot of dogs <laughs> and 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 taking taking care of a lot of plants and doing gardening and fixing up stuff around the house so tell me a little bit about your life in between the the two adult scene phases
1: all right well you know i relationships uh <laughs> failed relationships obviously um but pretty much met a guy he was a piece of shit uh broke up with him that was like around the time that I quit like the all of that and then I again I was working a regular job a serving and I was doing like um uh, working at a law office too um and I started bartending uh and like really enjoyed bartending. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do is be a bartender. And I, uh, always, I, I went to, I went to culinary
0: school too. So I went to culinary school. <laughs> See, these are the stuff that I want to talk about. See, when I said what happened <laughs> and you left high school, that's the culinary school too. Like, I don't just want to know about all the sex stuff. Yeah. That's well, cool. I, mean, I the know. The
1: culinary school was around, I was, that was like my last like two years of dancing, you know, like I just like, I did okay. stuff. So, like I said, I would leave and I would come back. It was just, but, mm-hmm. so then I, uh, all the way, like I wanted, I was, I wanted probably to, like I was thinking of having kids, you know, like everybody, you're getting at that age. Like I want to get married. I want to settle down. I want to have kids, blah, 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 uh-huh. all that shit. Um, So I get into a relationship. Uh, I'm bartending at this bar and then I get a job at this restaurant and I go there and I'm like, cocktail waitressing and I'm making such good money. Like for for a single woman who's almost in her thirties, but I mean just cocktail waitressing, I was averaging like 80k a year. So I was like fucking it was great. Okay. And yeah, I mean I working five days a week. Like it was and I, I loved it. Like I had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. Um just working. Like all I did was work. But <laughs> I loved it because it was good money and it was simple. Um and uh, then I um uh, I had issues with PCOS, so I was like in my relationship, and I started having a lot of hormonal issues.
0: So I see that I see you post that a lot on your Instagram. I and, do. And then in your Instagram stories. Can you explain to people what that is? Because you give a lot of informative information about that.
1: So um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I'm honestly learning new shit every day, and it's like it, uh, it's it never stops like it's always something with it um but for me it's uh it's pretty much like your for me my issue is insulin resistance which causes like hormonal issues um and uh my testosterone to like rise so when i was probably after i got my boobs on i gained a lot of weight and that's when my body started going like out of whack so i had like hair growing in places that it shouldn't have um i was breaking out really bad uh, my feet were tingling all the time. Like I, I didn't know what the hell was wrong. You go on Google and like feet tingling all the time. And it was like signs of diabetes. I'm like, I'm not even that big. Like what the hell? I'm like 150 pounds. Like what the, how mm-hmm. can I have diabetes? And, uh, just a bunch of issues like, um, high blood pressure, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I don't really know how to describe it. Cause it's just like, it's, if you have it, you have it, but it's about ovaries, cysts in your ovaries. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: just a lot of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that it sounds like it. And yeah. once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh all of Marilyn's social media accounts will be on uh the, the, the description of the page will be on the website. Uh I gave it to you in the first part, uh the first segment. Follow her because she gives a lot of good information about this and as well as just funny and does funny skits.
1: So,
0: <laughs> um so I want to go back cuz there's a question cuz you said failed relationships and I have that's all I have is failed relationships. Everybody oh, yeah, has failed relationships. Question. How did 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 your work working in the strip club and doing scenes have any impact on relationships? at all
1: yes it had an impact on my self-worth and not um the men that I dated mm-hmm. love to throw that shit in my face and make me feel like I like you know like who's gonna want you because you were a stripper you did this and it's like or you know you were in adult movies like you're nothing and I had I had low self-worth for myself like even though I knew that I was I, I pretty much blossomed. Like that's what I was getting at. Is that, like even though I had PCOS and everything and all this kind of stuff, I was blossoming. Once I figured out that I had a hormonal issue, I got mm-hmm. healthy. I stopped mm-hmm. eating crap. I quit smoking cigarettes. Like I mean I got my boobs done. I glow I glowed up. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: all right. I uh i stopped like allowing like i broke up with the guy that i was with but we were still like we were stuck in a lease and um you know like just the shit that he would say and everything like that. i'm like bro i know that i'm better than this like i this is just this is not like this is not my life like this is not what the hell i'm gonna settle for <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is not it and so i had like these plans um I was about to go back to school because I was dealing with a lot of stuff with my body. So I wanted to go back to school, but do um, medical aesthetics because I like mm. cleared up my skin, told her I had mm. hair growing out of play. Like, there's just shit was crazy. And I figured out like just by looking at women, I could be like, yo, you have hormonal issues because I was seeing the signs. I did so much research on my own shit um, like that. I could just see signs of like somebody having something similar to me and a lot of people They don't know that they have hormonal issues, but it'll be somebody else. Like my, when I was getting waxed, it was my, um, like the esthetician, honestly, that pointed out to me that I might have PCOS and she like explained to me so that I did research and it's like the people that you go to cover up stuff and stuff like that are going to be the ones that can see it before people that see you all Mm -hmm. the time and people that know about it. Like. Mm -hmm. If you just think something's okay, because you go to your doctor and I'm like, dude, I have like a couple of hairs growing out of my chin and they're like, that's normal. Then you're like, okay, if your doctors, the doctors don't listen to us half of the time, unless you're like actually dying. So you just kind of brush shit off. And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for her, I probably, I mean, I would have figured out, I don't know, because I was never over overweight. So they never wanted to test me until like, Mm -hmm. I went there like freaking out. And I was like, bro, y'all are going to test me because this is not normal. Like my body should not be doing the things that it's doing.
0: Yeah, there is a problem with our healthcare system. I'm not going to go on myself oh, yeah. and start, so start talking about that. Oh, no, it's yeah, horrible, but it's yeah.
1: okay. So I pretty much just, you know, blossomed um, and started loving myself for who I was and got out of that relationship, but then COVID happened. Yes. Yeah, COVID <laughs> and all my plans changed with going um, – well, going to where I was going to go to go to this medical aesthetic school, because it wasn't where I lived. So I would have to move away because it was like, I didn't want to just like go to a trade school for a second and then have to do like, you know, more courses and stuff. I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to put makeup on people. I want to do skin. Um, mm-hmm. So I, uh, yeah, so I didn't do that. Um, but I did start working at a bar.
0: <laughs> okay. Because I- my job. <laughs> and the bar stayed open during covid?
1: Yes, well where I was working at cocktail serving. So I went from making all this money, but I was mm-hmm. in this shitty relationship and I was paying pretty much like all the bills and all this kind of stuff and like everything was predominantly like I mean I just my money even though I made it it went away quickly and the stuff that so I had- So <laughs> you
0: you were in 100% of a toxic relationship. Not only yes. <laughs> was he talking down to you at every chance you get. He wasn't even providing no funds.
1: I mean, he, like, no. Like, we did split, like, the bills for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: when we broke up, we lived together for, like, five months while we were broken up. And then it was, like, I covered, um, like, the rent. He paid, like, the household bills and all that kind of stuff because I made more money. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stay there uh, anymore with him because it got, like, mm-hmm. really toxic, even though we had our own separate rooms um, and stuff like that. So I right before COVID. Luckily, we didn't know COVID was going to happen or a shutdown, but I moved out and went to my mom's. Um, and I thought that our lease was going to break, or at least was supposed to be over in May, but it wasn't. So we got stuck in a lease, but I was paying everything. And then we were like on, it was just, it was just bad. I got stuck like handling, because he was like, fuck that. He wasn't going to pay. He's like, it's in your name. So it doesn't matter. So like, I got stuck handling everything, even though I wasn't there. And then the lease extended because they had to move us units or some shit, like because of a leak that was their fault, but they started the lease over. So like it got extended for like months and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm not even there. So, right. and I wasn't making money like that. Like that was the worst part. Like I, I wasn't at the bar at the time. I was where I was cocktail serving. That's where I stayed at. And I decided to stay on and not like, they gave us options. Like they're like, if you don't, if you want to go home, collect unemployment and not get sick, like we understand. And I'm like, no, I'm going to work because that's just the way that I was raised. Like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to work. And I'm a team player, and you guys, like, I mean, I made a lot of money. Those people became my family, like, even though mm-hmm. really they're not.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, hey, sometimes that. blood ain't always your family, and family ain't always your blood.
1: Exactly. But, I mean, no, this is just, like, a job. Like, I, I dive myself into stuff, like, and so I dive myself into working, like, for other people, m- making other people money. Um, well, And I was the best that I was. Like, I made that place the most money. Like, I think I sold, like... $350,000 worth of food and alcohol uh, that last year, like 2022, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was their middleman. Like, I was literally pushing yeah, the shit. Yeah, I was, was
0: number one, though. It. I was the best of the best. Like, I
1: loved it.
0: <laughs> well, tell me tell me about your hobbies.
1: My hobbies?
0: You, when, we, when we took a break in between, you were telling me you got four animals right now?
1: Well, that goes with COVID. So that's where I was getting to. That all happened yeah. with COVID. So I all got, of it. Okay. So I, I was working at that place, but I quit and went to a bar because I wasn't making money during COVID. Um, but also during COVID, I had my one dog before it started, my one little black Pomeranian, and I decided he needed a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got him a cat
0: because okay. I
1: was working a lot. So I was like, you know, he needs a friend. So he's not alone. Right. He has separation anxiety. Well, then my mom got herself a random dog.
0: <laughs> okay
1: and then she realized she didn't need that like she was like this is this is more than I bargained for um but no like this dog had separation anxiety so my mom knows that I love dogs so she was like hey called me and then I ended up with two dogs and a cat but then the cat was sad because his best friend now had a new best friend so I was like I have to get another cat and there so mm-hmm. happened to be a trash kitty. So I was like, perfect. Look at that.
0: And <laughs> wait a minute. A trash kitty? A kitty that was just in the trash. Yes. And you um, rescued Donald. the kitten. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, oh, I didn't rescue it, but I got it from a rescue. Because uh, mm-hmm. I started working before COVID. I was like helping out with uh, this uh, organization to trap, neuter, and release cats.
0: I'm getting. I. You know what? You got 511 jobs that I'm trying to keep up with. Okay, so hold on, <laughs> hold on. You were. <laughs> let's get. Let's 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 list these before COVID.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you were
0: the cocktail waitress, and you was helping out with well, rescue I animals.
1: This apartment complex, and there was feral cats. And well, there was a bunch of stray cats, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, this isn't gonna work. So then I started working with this trap, neuter, and release thing to trap the cats neuter them okay. and release them. Um, but what turned into like this one stray cat that would come to my apartment, turned into the neighbors like seriously hating me because I fed cats like outside everywhere. I was doing all this stuff like, dude straight animals on Facebook, like, I would literally, like, see something and I would reach out, because at the time, I was making, like, I was comfortable. I was making good money. Like, I mm-hmm. had a care credit card. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you live in it.
1: Yeah, but I was, like, I, I just wanted to help animals. Like, I it hurt my heart to, like, scroll down Facebook and see this shit. I'm, like, dude, I'm, like, we don't deserve animals. Like, people are so evil. And no. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just became, like, my life literally became about animals um i think maybe because like i don't have kids or whatever so like i dove into that
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and even when i left the apartment and my ex was still there i still would go back and uh feed the cats there's
0: nothing wrong with that and I... for
1: a good year after that like after i moved out i still went out there and i would feed the cats like i'm telling you the neighbors hated me i had a nest camera so like i, I caught the shit that they would say <laughs>
0: so there you go ladies and gentlemen once again i forgot to mention this at the top of the hour this is part one this is a two-part series uh for this interview with miss marilyn monroe why would i not give her two parts when she's the catalyst of of all of this And, and and just as we were talking we just kept talking and talking and talking and it was really an enjoyable conversation for me so this is part one Look out for part two. That'll be next week. And 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 once again, I want to thank you for Marilyn for opening up and talking about her incredible journey. as she shared with us, you know, her French roots and her experiences growing up here in America and traveling back and forth between uh, France and America when she was growing up, her uh, entrance into the entertainment industry, starting out as a stripper and then getting into porn and going back and forth between uh, getting out of Sex work, and then back in sex work, her various activities, working for being a cocktail waitress, her various jobs. She's a hustler, y'all. She is a hustler. She is somebody that has a very inspiring story uh, because, like, she's a part of that pull up and grind uh, personality that everybody can learn from, and 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 get information from, and get inspiration from. I want to thank her for talking about PCOS. I think a lot of women out there don't know about PCOS. Uh, This gives them a little insight into PCOS. If you're having issues that she was describing, maybe that's something that you should bring up to your doctor because she is absolutely right. Doctors don't listen to us. Uh, Megan McKern even brought that up in one of my previous episodes that doctors don't listen. You need to express to them what is going on with you so that they pay attention and do all the tests necessary to find out what could be wrong with her? And as you know, as you could tell from her story, her finding out what actually was affecting her physically helped improve her life. And she's she looks great. She's in great shape. Um, and, and she credits that all to finally understanding what it was physically that was going on inside of her body and addressing that issue. Uh, talking about just the darker side of the sex industry, we're going to get into more of uh, what she's doing now and uh how how she feels about the sex industry currently um but you know just to give a little teaser you know she has more control over what's going on she's older she's wiser um she's more knowledgeable um so she'll give a little advice about people interested in entering the sex work industry entertainment uh whether you're a stripper um I don't like saying a stripper, I say exotic dancer, whether you're an exotic dancer, or if you get into sex work, starting to OnlyFans, or if you go all the way into porn, uh, I think that, that she gave some really, really good advice. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, whether you're listening to us through our audio podcast, or if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, if you follow us on Instagram and on TikTok, and even a little bit of stuff that we do on Twitter, once again, you can find her at Not Monroe 2.0 on Instagram. You can search it on Twitter or X now, uh, TikTok. If you can't find her, go to our Instagram page. She's a follower and we follow her and in her, in her profile is a link tree to all of her links. Once again, you can find that information in our description on both the audio and video podcast, but until next time, as always, thank you and i Thank you for listening to unsolicited perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, out in 5,000. Peace.